and welcome to the Blossom Your Awesome Podcast. I am Sue Dillon, episode number seven. I am so excited about our guest today. We have got Dr. Daniel Winkle on the show. He is an MD and the author of the Eagle's Eye Healing Health and Wellness website. The site offers a trove of free resources, including healing short stories, poetry and meditations, all focused on self-care and the art of healing. Dr. Dan, as he is known to many, and as I like to call him, is certified in mind-body medicine by the Center for Mind-Body Medicine and actively practices mind-body medicine at Alameda Health System, where he is a medical director of acute rehab services. He has experienced success and recognition in the field of integrative rehabilitation by implementing mind-body-based techniques for individuals, communities, and staff to create a more mindful and supportive healthcare environment. He is also the co-author in the upcoming evidence-based text, Integrative Rehabilitation Practice, I am so honored and delighted to have Dr. Dan here. Dr. Dan, thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. And I am going to say, let's jump right into it. Tell me how you got started with this path of mindfulness, where it all began for you. A lot of different reasons, uh, you know, why this came about Um, I know early on in my medical training, um, first off, I was attracted to going to medicine itself as, you know, part of being a a healing or a a helping profession and, and really wanted to be a part of helping people and communities to, um, to heal and the mind body work came into that even early on, I kind of sense that there's something incomplete about a biomedical model. And what I mean by that is just being a biologic or a physical being, um, or, or just really thinking about the body or the body's mechanisms and almost treating our body, uh, like a, like a machine. And, and early on kind of sense that, that was one of the foundations of allopathic medicine uh, and went on this journey to find the, the humanity in it and, and what makes us human and really move into this bio, psycho, social, spiritual approach and realize that all of those things are making up all of our health and well-being and really came into it. I tried to maintain a very traditional practice for a long time and it actually reached a crisis point. I, I was so dissatisfied with what I was doing um, that I mentally and physically became burnt out and couldn't continue. And amidst one of those um, episodes, I, I began to find the solutions of, of my, my way out of that and became connected with the Center for Mind-Body Medicine um, and, and figured out a way to weave a lot of my personal interests and um, the practice of medicine together and, and begin to share that through the, through the mind-body medicine model. Okay. And now can you talk to me from a medical standpoint, kind of just mindfulness, if we're just talking about, you know, 
meditation as a regular practice, what kind of benefits for people who aren't really familiar with this, they don't do it, they don't know much about it, but the, you know, the physiological benefits that one can expect from a regular meditation practice. Sure. The, the benefits are being really, really well documented. A lot of the science is, um, early, but uh, we've also known from wisdom traditions of people have been documenting these benefits for thousands of years as well. And now the science is beginning to bear out uh, with that. The, The biggest piece I see in mindfulness has to do with being in the present moment. Uh, From a physiologic standpoint, our bodies become confused. There's so many different things that we can uh, imagine as threats. And and oftentimes these are things that are in the future or the past, um, but they're not necessarily always right in front of us. Uh, But when we, when our kind of mind wanders in those directions uh, and especially in a, in a fear response, we imagine something fearful Uh, our body goes through the same stress response, uh, our fight or flight response, as if we were trying to uh, run away from a threatening animal or, you know, get out of a burning car or really leave a dangerous situation. Uh, These imagined threats stimulate the same response in our bodies. And what mindfulness does is it brings us into the present moment. And then oftentimes we come to realize that, that we are safe, that we are nourished, we're secured for. And that activates the opposite part of our nervous system, the parasympathetic part of the nervous system. And then you know, our blood pressure goes down, our heart rate goes down, we feel more calm, strong, strong or maybe even unpleasant emotions begin to, to settle as well. Uh, and some of the really fascinating things is eventually, if we practice this enough, it changes the way our brain works. Our brain uh, begins to make more connections to um, all the other parts of the brain. Um, the stress hormones there go down, and parts that that uh, you know maybe make our immune system not function correctly, those begin to to adapt, and they begin to. Uh, rewire as well and, and changing our whole, you know, our whole response uh, to everything. And um, yeah, those are, those are just kind of the tip of the iceberg of some of the benefits. Okay. Awesome. And then question for you, for somebody, I know we had, um, we talked previously about you, uh, you know, leading us in to a soft belly meditation or some sort of meditation. So I I don't know if that's something we're still going to do, but I would love to do that if that's something you're open to, but any kind of tips that you can offer to somebody, if there's kind of um, an easy way to get started with meditation or, you know, any kind of guidance there for people. Some of the early questions that I hear from a lot of people, and and this still comes up for me uh, from time to time as well, is this concept of of right or wrong or something that's supposed to happen or, um, but what I'm discovering with the meditation mindfulness is it's not a destination, but a, but a practice. And so you know, people say, was there a right way to breathe or, or wrong way? Am I doing this right? Or, 
there's really not a right or wrong way to do it. And so um, my recommendation would be to relax our own, you know, judgment and just, uh, just start somewhere. You know, we all start with wherever we're at and that's okay. Um, you know, if that's a really stressful moment uh, to begin to sit down and do, take some soft belly breaths, that's okay. Or if you're already feeling relaxed, that's a great time to do it as well. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just about, uh, you know, I think that's really helpful is, is, and it's not really about trying to get to these changes in the brain. In fact, in, in when most people really try too hard to get there, um, it's not that there's no effort, but when we, when we try too hard, then it can often end up being our, our, our blockage um, to getting started or making this regular. Um, and and I, I do, I would love to get into the soft belly breathing one, because I want anybody who's listening to, have a very practical way. This is a great place to start when I'm working with people in the hospital, friends, family, you know, uh, anybody who may be interested, this is a great place to start the soft belly, the soft belly breathing. Um, really recommend one of the things that is also helpful, especially with getting started is smaller amounts uh, more frequently. So rather than trying to sit in, in a, in a concentrative meditation for 20 minutes to do it five minutes, three times a day, break it up a little bit, um, uh, during the day. And, and that seems to make it perhaps a little easier, um, and, and maybe even more beneficial. Okay. And now is that something you would want to do right now or kind of, um, help guide us with that? So we have a deeper understanding or lead us on a little guided, um, meditation for a few minutes or. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about the, the meditation. So there's, there's three types of meditations. There's concentrative meditation, mindfulness meditation, and, uh, dynamic or expressive meditations. And so, Soft belly breathing is part of the concentrative meditation. And what that means is we're trying to concentrate on one particular uh, action. So in this, it's having a soft belly. It's also focusing on our breath. So maybe with this one, there's two, but we're kind of narrowing it down and, and trying to keep our attention on that. Uh, what this does is that activates that vagus nerve, the, the calming part of our nervous system, the stress relieving part of our nervous system. And it, it does this very quickly, um, working with traumatized people in the hospital. Um, they've been through physical trauma, oftentimes really, really difficult accidents. And even though there may be many fractures, broken bones, lots of pain, five, 10 minutes can really begin to make a big difference um, in, in activating this, this part of the nervous system. So it doesn't take a long time. I like that because it works. It can work very, very quickly. And uh, one of my mentors, uh, Jim Gordon from the Center for Mind-Body Medicine, uh, he's the founder and director. He, he taught me this is a little bit of an experiment. Every time we go into a meditation or every time we recognize ourselves in the present moment, it's a little experiment to just see what happens. Sometimes it actually may be difficult. There may be a challenge or it's just really hard. And that's okay. That's, that's a learning opportunity as well. Um, and sometimes it might be really relaxing. But in general, most people are going to find this 
uh, a, a way that works very quickly. Um, and, and, and it's going to be different for everybody. So I can't really say what's going to happen. I can talk about what, what many or most people feel. Um, and so whatever comes up, that's okay. We'll just try it. And then it's a little experiment in that way. So if you're ready, uh, or do you have any questions about that? Any, anything that you're curious about before um, we start? You know, I don't, but I really do appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think that answers a lot of kind of, um, questions that people do have around meditation, you know, they're not sure what to expect. So I think that was awesome to kind of just leave it open to not really having a lot of expectations, like is kind of what you're saying, right. And letting whatever comes up for you come up um, without really anticipating much. Right, right. Just, and that comes back to the mindfulness piece, just observing with what's happening in the present moment. Um, and observing without judging what's coming up either, just letting kind of kind of letting it come, letting it go, um, and 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 just being present with it, whether it's challenging or or um, or something that's that maybe we might call pleasurable. Um, all of it kind of comes and goes. With with the interesting idea, I think at least in my experience, and a lot of people that. Um, does practice a lot, the things that are challenging, even though they may come up, once we kind of relax the judgment about them, they, they do tend to visit less frequently. Okay. Um, yeah, it, I know I'll just say for me, it's, it really is always different. You know, sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it just, it's like, wow, 20 minutes, but, um, I appreciate that, um, kind of, you know, that initial explanation. So people don't have any kind of anxiety around it. So I'm ready whenever you are. Yeah. And I want, I just want to say one thing about that before we get started, if, if you're somebody and a, and a goal is going to work for you and that feels right, that's okay too. It's okay to have a goal. I want to do five minutes or to set a timer um, that could be helpful uh, and so if a goal feels like it's causing distress and you just want to, you know, fool around with it or play around with it, that's okay too. Um, and so, uh, either way is, is, is perfectly fine. It's about, I think some of it is discovering what works for you too. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel ready. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. All right. So what I'm going to invite uh, you and, and I'm, I'm, you know, with these, with these things as somebody as a practitioner too, uh, I'm going to be doing it along with you. It's not uh, part of this is, is learning by example. Um, and, and um, it's different from medicine in that I'm going to be doing it with you. It's not something that I'm just going to tell somebody to do. We'll be, we'll be doing it together. Um, and, and learning from each other. So I'm going to be guiding you and also participating with you and for our listeners. So I'm going to invite you all to get comfortable. Unless you might be listening to this if you're driving, you may want to just skip ahead a little bit so that you don't get drowsy. But if you're in a place that you can get comfortable and I want you to just notice and begin to allow your breathing to deepen.
And if you, if you like, go ahead and close your eyes. Closing our eyes begins to extinguish outside stimuli, lets us look inward. There's some people who may not like to close their eyes. It might not feel right. If you've had a lot of trauma, a lot of challenges, might not feel safe, that's okay too. You can leave your eyes open, pick a spot, soften your gaze, gently stare at it. And if it feels right, just close your eyes now. Begin to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth is a very relaxing way to breathe. It might not feel natural, that's okay too. Just try to stick with it. Begin to draw your breath deep into your belly. Breathing deep through our belly helps activate our body's vagus nerve. And it helps to draw our breath in to the lower zones of our lungs the oxygen-rich zones of our lungs. This helps our breathing to be more relaxed and more efficient. Try to let the muscles of your belly soften. Softening the muscles of our belly help to relax all the other muscles of our body. Soft belly. If you notice your thoughts, let them come and let them go. They are completely natural since we're thinking beings. But just for right now, they can be like passing clouds. When you notice them, just bring your focus back to your breath and to soft belly.
Breathing deep this way through your belly helps activate our body's vagus nerve. Vagus means wandering in Latin. This nerve acts as the antidote to our body's stress response. Helps to lower our heart rate. Helps improve digestion. Helps to get good sleep. And it helps our body to make its own pain-fighting chemicals, the endorphins. Our vagus nerve also helps us to feel connected. Connected to our own self and to other people as well as to feel love and compassion. To help soften your belly as you breathe in through your nose, you can say to yourself, soft, And as you breathe out through your mouth, you can say to yourself, belly. Soft. Belly. Soft. Belly. We'll take a few more nice deep breaths together on our own. We'll begin to bring ourselves back slowly and comfortably wherever you're at. You can begin to wiggle your fingers and toes. Gently move your body. Notice your body on whatever surface you're on. When you're ready, go ahead and slowly open your eyes. And just notice how you're feeling. Notice if you notice any changes. Sue, how are you feeling? Wow, that was awesome. That was really um, beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, I'm feeling very relaxed. And um, I want to just uh, ask you now, 
it's obviously, I was feeling some sort of like butterflies in my stomach. So that's a kind of an obvious reaction to have with the soft belly breathing, correct? Tell me more about it. <laughs> oh my God, just it's so relaxing, but it's kind of, I can really. What do you mean by butterflies in the stomach? Can you define it a little bit more for me? Oh my God, I don't know if I can. It just was a, like a tingling sensation, you know, in my stomach when mm -hmm. I, kind of, you know, really activating the breath from that space. It just was giving me, uh, yeah, like a tingling sensation. If you had to guess, what would you think it would represent for you? I don't know. <laughs> What's the first thing that pops into your mind? Oh, just euphoria. It was, it was so relaxing. It's just a very euphoric feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still coming to <laughs> so relax. That was amazing. But yeah, can you um, help us understand that? Is that? Um... So first off, I'm going to check. So part of after whenever, especially if I'm working in professional capacity, or even as I'm practicing for myself, uh, especially right afterwards, a great time to check in with our body. And so I know for me right now, as I'm checking in with myself, my hands are warmer, my hands and feet were a little cold. Uh, maybe the last couple of days, I'm noticing the those kind of warmed up. Um, and just uh, general feeling of relaxation, I think, um, kind of a little bit looser in the neck, more postures a little different, a little straighter. So that, that was that was, that was good. And the the time afterwards so what we're doing with checking in um that's part of the process too of just then being aware of our body and then um many times we'll notice beneficial changes so if after we're done we take notice of what's going on and just pause for a moment um you may what i may notice that you're describing the I'll name it the euphoria in the stomach area, the relaxation. Um, so you may say, hmm, you know, I'd like I'd like to experience that more often, or to um, or, or do or something like that. Uh, and so that reflection period, um, I think, helps us make some of the changes in our life. Then that that um, turn this more into a habit or. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to use the word self-care. So to make this part of our self-care, like we'd brush our teeth or um, take a bath or something like that. So, so meditation can be part of that. Um, and, and with enough practice, it, be, it can become automatic in that way. Yes. And now, um, Dr. Dan, can you kind of share with us a little more about the vagus nerve. I know I read a little bit about that in, um, uh, on your website, eagleseyehealing.com, which is just an amazing resource for meditations and some really beautiful essays there. And we'll get into that, but, um, I know you wrote about that and kind of the activation that allows us to kind of wander outside 
of the boundaries of who and what we think we are. I thought that was so beautiful. That was something you had written there, but if you could kind of, um, you know, speak to us about the vagus nerve and that. Sure, sure. Yeah. So we're going to, now, now we're getting outside of, I mentioned in the, in the early story where I said, wow, I felt kind of constricted within the confines of just this biological model with medicine. And so this essay starts looking at the vagus nerve. So first of all, from our body's standpoint, it is the main nerve that, that transmits the signals of our parasympathetic nervous system. That's a resting and digesting response. It's interesting in that it directly connects every major organ of our body. It has a direct connection to it. Um, and so from a nervous system wise, all the, uh, all the other nerves in the body require multiple synapses, uh, meaning there's multiple jumps to get either from our brain to our fingers and, and things like that. But the vagus nerve is a direct connection between all of our, our organs. And so it's becoming active in this process. And one of the things, uh, I've discovered, and I think a, a number of the people I work with, that many of the things that are happening, if we go into this biopsychosocial spiritual mindset, a lot of things happen in our body are also um, connected to other aspects of ourselves. There's mind body, our, our what's going on in our mind and our thoughts and our ideas are connected to what's going on in the body. And so some of the activities we start establishing that uh, connection. And then uh, one of the things is that oftentimes some things going on in our bodies are like metaphors. So if, if we look at, um, you know, dream analysis and looking what's happening in our dreams has been around for a long, long time. Uh, and so we know that when we wake up in the morning, a lot of the things we have that happen or possibly everything is, is symbolic and gives us different metaphors for uh, what's going on in our body or experience or socially and, and all of these things. Um, and so the idea that this vagus nerve directly connecting everything, uh, what I was exploring in that essay, and I think is really fascinating about this particular meditation, the activation of that nerve is that <laughs> I think there's a metaphor there for our deeper connections to a, you know, a spiritual nature or, or some, you know, something nourishing us, something that's connecting all of us, connecting our society together, or, you know, um, why all of this connection with, you know, we're connected to the earth and the crops and the types of foods we eat and, the place we live and the air we breathe and it's all sort of weaved together and we also have this nerve in our body that's doing kind of the same thing um and so i think with activation of it and practicing of mindfulness and a meditation practice we become more aware of that uh, that connection with the activation of the nerve and so rather than experiencing the disconnection of trauma and injury and, and many of our challenges, which I think in this day and age are coming up uh, quite strongly for many, many people. Uh, the, this brings us back into a state of connection and recognizing that uh, 
um, in, in a really unique way. And I think in the essay, I used the word uh, kind of taking us into, into a womb or warm, you know, safe um, place. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's, that was the feeling you might've been feeling in, in the stomach area. I don't know. Yes, very much so. But um, yeah, that uh, essay there, it's uh, for anyone who wants to read it, it's called The Wandering Nerve. And it's just um, really so many of your essays and your work, Dr. Dan, they give this other perspective. And, you know, one of the things you, you talk a lot about in these different um, writings of yours is... Um, imagination and tying that into your dreams. So can you kind of uh, share a little more about how those kind of come together and how we can, uh, you know, kind of, I think we're so limited, but how do we kind of uh, get beyond that and become more imaginative and, you know, allow that to kind of come through the dream state, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. Um, well, the first thing is with, with more imaginative, I just want to say something that the imagination is always there. What can change is our awareness of its presence. Um, if that, if that makes sense, um, it's, it's a little hard to understand. And I want to say that there, there's actually, this isn't in that particular essay, but uh, it's coming out in uh, a book that I'm working on, which is, a, which, but there's, there's, the imagination is one of three parts uh, that, that are very, very crucial to creating our health create and, and even kind of ingredients to form our life. Um, and I don't claim to be an expert in necessarily in, 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 in how that, um, that works, but uh, I've, I've tested this out in my own, you know, we talked about the experiments, testing them out in my, in my own experiments. And those three things are feelings, emotions, and imagination. So imagination is part of that, uh, that triad and, things it, the, the important thing I want to want to put in for this podcast for me is that we talked early on about we can imagine all sorts of things and then our bodies react to it um, and with that uh, where we're kind of focusing our attention in that is is really important and with dreams, you know, a dream, I think, too, also contains all three of those elements. There's feel if, if when we wake up in the morning, we can notice a dream often will have a particular emotion, a particular feeling tone, or and images, um, Im, you know, the word image or visuals would be connected to imagination. And so they all have those particular uh, elements. And then a lot of times, I mean, dreams is a, it's a, it's a huge, huge thing. Um, but they get us more in touch with some of these 
other parts of ourself, it kind of takes us, we don't really notice having our kind of human body. And so we begin to take notice of some more of those dimensions, more like the psychological dimension, perhaps spiritual. And so, you know, paying attention to that begins to um, help us move our attention in that particular, those particular areas. And I think they're, um, if anything, we get, we as a society are more biased towards you know, just the biologic, but really all of these things are, are, are weaved together and inseparable. And so beginning to pay attention to what's going on there is, is, it can be transformative. It, it, they're highly, highly personal. And so they give you a lot of uh, information about, you know, what's going on in, in, in your life. And, uh, you know, I talk to many people, I've got a bunch of friends, uh, you know, they'll look back in, in a dream journal and something will, um, they wrote something down 25 years ago and all of a sudden they'll, they'll turn to a page and they'll realize, wow, that, that happened like a week ago. And so it kind of gets me asking questions and, and, and it's, even in healing, how do we, you know, what is this force in healing that, you know, how did we know to open up that page or to 25 years ago, you dreamt of this and now you're seeing it in front of you. It kind of, it, it opens it up. It, it expands the imagination of what's possible um, either with time or um, all of these, these different these different elements. And, and so there's all kinds of different paths once you start looking into the present moment and mindfulness. And so that, that for me is, is one particular path. Um, and all of these things are essentially, at least from what I'm seeing, kind of neutral feelings aren't good and bad. It's like, uh, I often talk to people, you know, they really, sometimes folks really get distressed about their feelings um, and, oh, I'm sad or I'm angry. Or I don't want to feel this way. And there might be some, you know, unpleasant feelings, but they're, sometimes they're the mechanism of, you know, you put your hand on a burner and it gets hot and you take it off, you know, so these, there's signals. Uh, and so they can be very, very helpful. So things that we may be pushing away or resisting against, uh, can often have the, the answers. So all of these kind of ingredients, are, are very, uh, very important. Um, and, and what we focus on is, is, is really, really important uh, as well. And so some of, the, some of the things with the mindfulness, soft belly that we just practice, it helps us be aware more of where are we directing that imagination um, on, a, on a conscious level, uh, because the imagination is more of a, of a conscious there's subconscious and conscious it's more of a on a on a conscious level so um we do we do kind of get to direct that and so this helps these these techniques also help us kind of realize where we're directing it with the idea if we don't like it we can then change it uh so really really powerful tools wow now can you tell me is there a way because this is a question i get asked a lot people seem it, you know, people oftentimes limit themselves and they want 
to kind of tap in to this artistic part of themselves or creative ability, or they want to do more of something that brings them a, a certain sense of fulfillment, but they don't really know how to activate that. So does learning how to kind of expand the imagination, does that go hand in hand with kind of evoking certain emotions and feelings and, you know? Yeah. When I think of the, using the word restriction, uh, we do in the, you know, the, using the imagination does get us to a place um, where, you know, more things are possible. When we get to, into dreams, we could, we can fly or um, there's a completely different law of physics. Uh, and, and uh, you know, so I think consciously feels kind of pretty foreign, um, but, it, but it is much more freedom. And I, I do think that then when we feel that in that state, we can apply it to um, our, our physical life. And there are certain restrictions uh, as well. It's, it, you know, just be, we, with the imagination, it doesn't mean that, you know, somebody can go and jump off a building and just think their way that they're not going to, to fall, uh, that th th there's a limitation in that way. Uh, one of my understandings of it, and, and I'm still working on that is, you know, in a way by expressing ourselves physically, we've, we've accepted that we wanted to have some of these limitations too, and to see what we, we could do, um, you know, by having gravity or not being able to fly that may have pushed us to make airplanes or, um, you, you know, and, and that's, we, th that utilized the imagination. Um, and so there was this creative challenge of, we accepted this particular limitation. And then, you know, there was fulfillment that came out of uh, overcoming that and, and uh, uh, being able to, to do that. So that's kind of an example of a process where we have a have a particular limitation and then utilize that process and um oftentimes inventors uh really really famous if you look at some of these uh, folks like uh, tesla um even some of the scientific geniuses people like einstein uh, they'd often say they woke up from a nap or a dream and they saw the light bulb or something and, and in their, in their mind. And then they just had all this energy and they had to write it down and try and, you know, try and make it. Um, so just kind of give a particular energy or a, a medium to uh, try and take these things that we see in our mind and, and make them physical. Uh, that seems to be something that, that, uh, really brings a lot of value fulfillment for people. Um, and a lot of challenges we're facing, you know, with, when I'm working in the hospital uh, with depression and, and things like that are, you know, the, the meaning and the different things that we get from, from making things physical and using that imagination um, and assigning that, that particular meaning when we lose that, you know, that's when many, many people get into to despair or addictions um, and things like that. Uh, so at least in the work that I do, part of that healing work um, in many, many ways, uh, whatever tools we have, 
um, and I like to use all of them depending on where somebody's at, is restoring that, that meaning making for them. Uh, or I can't do it for them. That's, that's misspeaking, but guiding and, and being there, you know, alongside somebody through that process. So um, that's, that's a few examples of the power of it and, and the restriction, but in the end, the restrictions are, are okay. They give us a, a particular challenge to, to move through that I think provides meaning in our life. But then there's kind of a paradox that then we, we overcome them in a way too. Uh, so there's a lot of different dimensions to that. Now, Dr. Tan, you just said something, uh, meaning making, you know, restoring that meaning making. So I'm sure you find in your work with your patients, um, people kind of, you know, as they're recovering or healing through trauma or whatever may, or, you know, lose hope or whatever. So how, what is like a simple tip for somebody who's at that place and they like, how do you kind of guide? And I know this is a much longer conversation that we are hopefully going to, going to have in the future, but, you know, just a simple kind of tip to leave people with somebody who might feel stuck or kind of hopeless or, uh, you know, kind of restoring that meaning making, what is something you can offer to people for that? I mean, Sue, the place that I like to start is, is the soft belly breathing that we did. Um, and the, the, the reason is the power to heal happens in the present moment. Um, and, and I think there's also a, a concept at play that the meaning isn't ever really lost. We just kind of lose sight of it. Oftentimes when people are moving through something, they'll go, gosh, you know, they start to feel that again. And they're like, man, how did I lose sight of that or forget about it. It was kind of like, you, you kind of come to reason, like it's, it's been there. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, you can lose sight of it. So the, the meditative practices um, and activating that vagus nerve, getting into soft belly breathing um, is, is a great way to start. Uh, if, if somebody would want to start, the other thing we talked about that I think is a great place is start just simply paying attention to your dreams. Um, yeah, I have a, a, a mentor of mine uh, that I've been studying with for many years. Just as even if you don't remember him, say you know, go go to your journal. The more I, I had a dream, <laughs> you know. Um, and if you don't know anything else about it, it just it sort of sends a signal that like okay, I know that's going on, and we want to direct our attention um, there. So those are uh, a. a comp- and, and then tr- actually within the dream, if you do start remembering, then trying to search for meanings. Um, there, you know, there's symbols. And I think a trap is there's lots of books and it tells you what everything means. There can be all kinds of different um, things. An example of that is I had a dream that was about patients, like patients in the hospital, um, you know, in like a hospital bed. And one of the things I discovered through it, that it was... F- from a perspective, it was, it was a play on words that I saw it as patients, uh, as, as in a hospital patient, but the word was actually patient, patients, like being patient about something or letting something develop. Um, and so sometimes we can get into a trap with some of those, the, the symbolism books, um, that they want to assign something. Oh, this is this, and this is, it's, it's kind of very simplistic. These things can be really 
tricky. So I think the other realization that times and in, ties into mindfulness is this is very, very personal um, that, that whatever shows up is, is going to be um, for that particular person to look at for themselves. And with, you know, of course, other people uh, with guidance that then could kind of give us little hints and tips and things uh, along the way. But um, that's what I like about the mindfulness techniques too, in that it kind of begins giving us tools to to build that that self confidence and self awareness uh, to do that work or play, you know, whichever you want to, whichever you'd like to call it. Right. Wow. Okay. Now, Dr. Dan, this was so amazing. I feel like we are literally we have just scratched the surface and. This has just been so awesome. I cannot thank you enough. And I look forward to having you back on the show. And we are going to get into the energy work you do with patients and kind of helping people understand that and how they can kind of self-heal and um, would love to have you back on to share your expertise in that and kind of offer some guidance to people with that. Sure, that sounds that sounds wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, awesome. Dr. Dan, thank you so much. I cannot thank you again. I'm gonna have links to your website and ways for people to contact you and so they can check out all of your work. And I appreciate you and your time so very much. Oh, thank you so much, Sue. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.